Good morning. Welcome to church on this lovely Christmas morning and welcome to our very first online Christmas service. And I trust that you uh, remember the reason for the season and you said happy birthday to Jesus. And we're just so delighted that uh, there's a day set aside on our calendar to remember uh, the birth of Jesus. And uh, we trust that uh, you just have a wonderful day today celebrating the birth of our Lord Jesus. And this morning, I actually want to start off by um, reading to you something that I was asked to write recently for our local newspaper. And they asked me to write a short little Christmas message. And so I wrote this. I entitled it, Why Did He Do It? And let me just read what I said. Why did Father God send his son to this messed up world that we live in? Why would you want to leave the beauty and majesty of heaven and be born through an unwanted pregnancy? To experience from a young age gossiping tongues, judgmental looks and scorn. Why? Would you ultimately lay your life down for ungrateful people on a cross? The answer, love. Love is hard to explain to the logical mind. Love is passionate, resolute, determined, compassionate and self-sacrificing. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. That was my just over a hundred word article. And I was simply just trying to communicate the essence of John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, love. I remember hearing years ago that it wasn't nails that kept Jesus on the cross. It was his love for you and me. And that's the reason we celebrate Christmas. That's the reason we we get together. That's the reason we celebrate friends and family. And I know this year it's very different. And uh, I know just for us personally, So many of our Christmas plans have just been up in the air and just so uncertain uh, due to all the circumstances we're facing around uh, the COVID pandemic. But it doesn't change his love. And and what I found so interesting was that uh, last week in our pre-service prayer, it's the prayer meeting before our our service, uh, one of the ladies, Stella, Uh, She was leading the prayer and she shared something so interesting. She said, you know, I was thinking about why the Lord did everything that he, he did. And she said, you know, I read this morning in Psalm 8 and it says there that the Lord honors us. And she said, you know, I think the Lord did it because he wanted to honor us. And it was such a new thought to me. I remember hearing and thinking, goodness, 
What does Psalm 8 say? This is such a new thought. And we're going to go there. We're going to go to Psalm 8. But before we go there, I, I want to take you on to some familiar Christmas story. And so, so I just love it. I love the fact that John 3.16, so clear, speaks about love. But God is, his, his heart is so big. He's so multifaceted. And, and I believe this whole concept of honor and glory is such a big aspect of who God is and, and how, he, how He functions that I believe an aspect of why God did everything that He did, sending His Son to be born and, and ultimately dying on a cross. There was, there was honor and glory involved in that as much as there was love it's not either or i see it in the heart of our god and and you could pick out some other aspects of his nature and character for example his goodness his righteousness his holiness uh, his sense of mercy and justice all of these aspects of god's nature came came to bear in this wonderful christmas story and so and so let's just go to some familiar Christmas story. And uh, I want you to meet me in Luke chapter 2. And, uh, you know, Luke 2 is just classic Christmas story. And this is the story. And uh, in, in the Bible that I'm, I was looking at, it, it, the section was highlighted and described as the shepherds and the angels. And what a, what a, what, what a mix. What a... I read that title and I was filled with anticipation, even though I know the story. And it says from verse 8, and we're going to read to verse 20. And I'm going to read and just pick up some points. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. Now, let me just say that in the first couple of verses of Luke chapter 8, it describes the birth of Jesus. And so this is now what happens just after that. And it says in verse 9, And an angel of, of the Lord appeared to them, the shepherds, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. And when the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. 
But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. What a, just a beautiful little story of these shepherds. And uh, I just felt it's so significant that here at the end of the year, we're looking at this section of scripture about the birth and about shepherds. Because we started off the year on our camp looking at pastures and paths, looking at Psalm 23, and just looking at the heart of our shepherd and, and just learning from the shepherd how to be shepherds ourselves. And so here we are looking at shepherds again. Now, I just wanted to, wanted to just highlight that in those days, being a shepherd wasn't the most highly esteemed job. Shepherds were, if there was a pecking order in society, let's just say they would be near the bottom of the pecking order. But what is so, what's so interesting about this group of shepherds is that the shepherds of Bethlehem, their task was actually to look after the temple flock of lambs. And so there was a unique responsibility. And, and if there had to be um, shepherds that were better than others, it would have to have been these because the requirements for these particular lambs were, were listed in scripture. And so these guys had to really know their job. And so even though it wasn't a very noble uh, job that they were doing, being shepherds, their particular task, um, it was they were serving the priesthood. They were serving God by looking after the flock that belonged to the temple. And so, and so we, can, we can just see here as well that, that even though, even though your particular vocation or my particular vocation may not be significant by worldly standards, these guys were very much serving God in what they were doing. Having these, these lambs for the temple, for the sacrifice that took place there, was a key part of worship in the nation of Israel in that day. And so, and so they, this is so important. I, I believe they, they could sense their significance and sense their, their, their part in the kingdom in, in just looking after this flock of lambs. But what's so interesting is, here we see in Luke chapter 2, that the angels appear to shepherds. We see in Matthew, we see the description of how the angels appeared actually to the wise men. Now, the wise men, very different. And, and I just see three differences between these two groups of people, the wise men from the east and these shepherds of Bethlehem. Firstly, let me just say that the shepherds were very much Jews, whereas the Magi, the wise men, were from the east. They were foreigners or Gentiles. And we can see again, just in the Christmas story, how, how the Lord is writing in the DNA of the Christmas story that this is for everyone. He actually, uh, he, he said, he said, the angel said, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. And we actually see this, how the angels went to people from the east, non-Jewish people, and also to these shepherds who were very much Jewish. 
The other difference between these two groups is that the shepherds would have been, let's just say, they wouldn't have been able to afford myrrh and, uh, and, and gold and frankincense to bring to Jesus. These wise men from the east were very wealthy and the shepherds were not. Again, the Lord revealing how he comes. It doesn't matter what your station in life is. When God reveals himself to you, you can know, as, as, as they said over here, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Peace amongst those with whom he is pleased pleased that, that 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 those words with whom he is pleased it doesn't matter our station in life knowing that we have the pleasure of god that god is pleased with us is surely one of the greatest delights in life and so these these two groups the shepherds and the wise men were were different different ethnic backgrounds different let's say uh, um, um, uh, on, on 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 the financial scale very different but regarding education as well, very different. These wise men would have been well-educated men, whereas the shepherds were obviously not. And again, doesn't matter where you come from, you're, you're, on, 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 in society, here we see this message that Jesus is coming to all. And I'm, I was just thinking about the scripture um, in, in, in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians a 1 verse 27, but God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty. It's just this, this, this incredible aspect of the call of God. How, how, how the call of God um, is just so precious. The, 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 and, and, and I want to say to you, if you have responded at some point in your life to, to the reality of who Jesus is, according to Scripture, you, you have favor with God. The, the, the word used mostly for that in the New Testament is the word grace, unmerited favor. You have found favor with God. And so uh, another aspect that I just want to, highlight in the scripture is that three times in these verses the word glory is used and remember I said to you in the beginning that Stella had said that from Psalm 8 she, she really just feels one of the reasons that God has done this incredible work of salvation is because he wants to honor us and when we were looking at the culture of honor two weeks ago in church remember a number of scriptures we looked at have the word glory and honor together. Glory and honor, glory and honor. And they are, there's important similarities. They are obviously different. That's why different words, different concepts, but they are so similar. And three times in this portion of scripture is the word glory. And, and when I was preparing for this Christmas sermon, I was just so aware that the Christmas story has, is a glory story. And I say that not just for fancy alliteration. There's glory in the Christmas story. The Christmas story is a story calling people to honor and glory. And we see this, and it's so significant that this revelation of glory in the angels, this revelation of the glory of the angels didn't actually appear to the Magi, but to the shepherds 
They saw it. Firstly, in verse 9, it says, An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. The glory of the Lord shone around them. Can you imagine what that looked, must have looked like? And then the angel spoke to them. And, and what happened, it says, um, it says, uh, and suddenly, after the, this, this one angel spoke, it says, and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. That sight, a multitude from heaven. Can you picture just, just multitudes of angels? Just this picture, initially they just saw one angel and the glory of God shining. And not just around the angel, all around them. The night sky was lit up. You, remember, you must know, in, 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 in those days, there was no street lighting anywhere around. When you're out in the fields at night and there's a moon around, it's dark. And, and just from one angel, the glory of the Lord lit, lit the whole area. And then it says, a multitude of heavenly host. Can you imagine just the skies lighting up with thousands of angels, thousands upon ten thousands of angels. And they are praising God and they are singing and they are saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Wow, what a sight. What an, what an immortal sight. I, those, those shepherds' lives were changed in an instant when they saw these, these, these multitudes of angels and hearing them saying glory to God in the highest. That's the, this is the second part time we see glory in this passage of scripture. And the last place we see this, this uh, glory, it says in verse 20, and the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. Just three times we see glory. And and I, I just want to say, why am I highlighting glory? I'm highlighting it for this reason. Because when we, when we consider, and we looked two weeks ago at the whole, we just looked at honor. And I, and I said, I, I, in my Bible, I found 176 verses with honor, a number of them with glory. But I want to say this about, about glory. I was just so reminded of the verse in Romans 8 verse 18, where it says, Paul writing, he says, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. The glory that will be revealed in us. That is just mind-blowing. Glory to be revealed in us. And then if you just read on in, in uh, verse 30 of Romans chapter 8, he says, Having determined our destiny ahead of time, he called us to himself and transferred his perfect righteousness to everyone he called. And those who possess his perfect righteousness, he co-glorified with his son. Wow, amazing. He co-glorified with his son. Co-glorified. That means the glory, literally, that is on Christ, on us. It's just Amazing. And these two verse, verses um, both are highlighting glory. And I just, I'm saying, we see in the Christmas story these shepherds seeing glory and glorifying God and seeing the angels sing. They encounter glory. Folks, that is 
the destiny of everybody whom the Lord calls. Our destiny is glory. It's incredible. It's mind-blowing. And so the, the, the Christmas story is a story of glory. I love the fact that often we, we, when we decorate, we have tinsel and shiny stuff. And, and yes, it's an earthly, just a glimpse of heavenly glory. I, I love the fact that there's usually, you know, an angel or, or a star when, somewhere when people decorate. Again, just reminding us of, of, of the Christmas story. But let it remind you of the glory and not just the glory in the Christmas story, the glory to be revealed in you. The, the reality that we are to be co-glorified with Christ. It's incredible. It is. It's just mind-blowing. It really is. And so I want to just highlight one or two other things about our, our dear shepherds. Um, the interesting thing is that once they had this incredible encounter, in verse 15 of Luke 2, it says, When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph. Just, just their response was immediate. They immediately responded and they went. And, uh, and, and then it says, when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told from, told them concerning this child. And just this thing of they couldn't keep quiet about what they had seen in the heavens, what they'd been told about this baby that would be in a manger. They found the baby in the manger and, and they couldn't keep quiet. They made known the saying that had been told concerning them. They were telling everybody around them. But what's, what's interesting is that it says in verse 19, but Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart, pondering them in their heart. And, and, and I just want to highlight the difference here. So the shepherds are telling everybody they're excited. There's, there's time and space to talk and tell. But folks, I believe it's also so important that we ponder on these things in our heart, that we, that we muse on them, that we think about them, that we ponder on these things in our heart. Both. There are times that we speak and we get excited about, but there are times that we just we, we think about it as Mary did. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as had been told to them. So I told you that we are going to go to um, Romans chapter 8. And um, sorry, not Romans chapter 8, Psalm 8. I said Psalm 8. And uh, this was the verse that Stella had, had said that this, this whole concept of the Lord wanting to honor us. And so I'm also just going to read here from Psalm 8. And we're going to read from verse 1. And it says, out of you have set. Sorry, um, let me read from verse 1. I was reading from verse 2. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. Again, we've got this glory thing going here. Out of the mouth of babes and infants, you have established strength because of your foes to still the enemy and the avenger. I just want to highlight here that he's talking about out of the mouths of babes and infants, out of babes and little children. It says, um, you have established strength because of your foes to still the enemy and the avenger. And it's interesting that 
Jesus actually quoted this verse. Uh, I think it's in Matthew 16 when he was throwing the money changers out of the temple. Um, and the whole thing of the, the whole concept of this was that remember the outer courts of the temple is where the money changers were, but that is the place that the Gentiles were meant to come and worship. And so and so for 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 the Jews could go into the inner court, and so there wasn't place for these people from other nations to come. And so Jesus quotes this and he says that, and then literally speaking about what's what's interesting. The strength that we have, even though you may feel like you're a baby Christian or a, or a young Christian, the power of the spoken word, it says, it says you have established strength because of your foes to still the enemy and the avenger. We, we have, even though we may not be so-called super strong Christians, we have the ability to speak God's word. And it literally speaks about overcoming the enemy. It overcomes the enemy. And I just want to remind you the power of praying God's word, the power of speaking God's word, the power of declaring God's word. And it says in verse 3, When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him? And in verse 3, here David is now gazing into the heavens. He's looking at everything that God has, has made. Now remember, David was also a shepherd. And so David spent many nights in the heavens, uh, sorry, gazing at the heavens. I can imagine him falling asleep, looking up at the skies, looking at the stars in the sky, etc. And he says, he says, what is mind that you, man that you're mindful of him? And here, I just want to highlight, you know, the stars and the moon. Um, here are some interesting facts about it. With a naked eye, you can see, the, a human with, with good eyes can see about 5,000 stars. So that's what David, when he was falling asleep at night, looking up at the stars, looking after his sheep, he could have counted about 5,000 stars, okay? I think you'll be asleep before you get to that number in any case. But with a, with a relatively small uh, telescope, only a four-inch telescope, you can count up to two million stars, okay? With a 200-inch mirror uh, from an observatory, you can count about 1 billion stars. Wow, that is a lot of stars. The universe is so big that if one were to travel at the speed of light, it would take you about 40 billion years to reach the edge of the known universe. That's just as far as, as, far as they, can, they, can, they can estimate. 40 billion years traveling at the speed of light to get across the universe. Now, those kind of numbers, I know when you talk, talk billions, and it, it, it's kind of mind-blowing. You just know it's huge. It's humongous. And this is what's happening. I believe it's important and, and sometimes to contemplate eternity, to contemplate the size of the universe. And the reality is it does make us feel small. And that's actually what's happening here in this psalm. He says, when I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have set in place, 
What is man that you're mindful of him? He's realizing that this, 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 this star, the stars, the everything is so big and so vast, but I'm so small. I believe it's important that we every now and then contemplate that reality that there's a big universe. And eternity is a long time, but yet we only here for a short time. Solomon said that we're like a flower of the field here today and gone tomorrow. He says, what is man that you're mindful of him and the son of man that you care for him? Question mark. So he's musing the, the majesty and the grandness of the heavens. And he's saying, what, why, why me? Why do you consider me, Lord? And verse 5, it says, Yet you have made him, speaking about man, a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with glory and honor. And crowned him with glory and honor. Here's this theme about glory again that we see in the Christmas story. And it says glory and honor, those two words going together. And this is what Stella was mentioning. You crowned him with glory and honor. You see, God created us in his image. And this incredible plan of of Jesus invading this this messed up world to come and, 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 and call us back to glory, call us back to honor, to reinstate us back to that position and that status of glory and honor. It's just amazing. You have given him dominion of the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet. And it carries on mentioning what that looks like. Oh Lord, our Lord, verse 9. How majestic is your name in all the earth. And, and just this, this incredible realization Dave ha- David has in Psalm 8. When he looks at the majesty of the heavens. And he says, you have and the, the, this verse just mind-blowing. And crowned us with glory and honor. And that is, that is the Christmas story. The Christmas story isn't just about angels revealing the glory of God. The Christmas story is God coming to call us back to himself. And calling us back to himself is calling us back to glory. Is calling us back to a place of honor. And um, I just want to read those scriptures again about glory. Where Paul says in Romans 8, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. And verse 30, having determined our destiny ahead of time, he called us to himself and transferred his perfect righteousness, righteousness to everyone he called. And those who possess his perfect righteousness, he co-glorified with his son. I want to pray. I want to pray for you that you would have a glorious Christmas. And that you would just get a glimpse of the glory and the honor that God is calling you to. Let's pray. So Lord, I want to thank you for this glorious Christmas story, Lord. Lord, this picture of that the that the shepherds saw in that night sky outside Jerusalem of countless multitudes this light night sky lit up with your glory lord that's just that's not a one off event lord that is that is that is what we are called to and that's what you're working in us lord 
the things that we've gone through don't compare to the glory that will be revealed in us. And Lord, may we, may we just be in wonder, may we stay in wonder, be in awe of this amazing story. This amazing story, just that is so full of glory. We thank you for the Christmas story, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.